If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump, right? In today's episode, we answered listeners' questions, but this was after a 51-minute introductory conversation where we talked about things like current events, our family lives, scientific studies, fitness, and much more. By the way, you can check the show notes for timestamps if you want to fast forward to your favorite part. Also, if you want to ask a question that we can answer on this type of an episode, go to Instagram, at Mind Pump Media, um, and every Sunday we post a QA meme, that's Q-U-A-H, under that post your question if we like it. We'll answer it on one of these episodes. By the way, uh, Cyber Monday sale ends tomorrow. So check this out. It's basically an extension of Black Friday. 60% off every single MAPS workout program and every single MAPS workout program bundle. So everything across the board, 60% off. We do this once a year. You'll never see 60% off again. You got to take advantage of this. By the way, you can use the coupon code that I'm about to give you multiple times. So you can get 60% off everything as many times as you want. So check this out. Go to mapsfitnessproducts.com, find the program or programs or bundle that you want, and then use the coupon code CYBERMONDAY for the 60% off discount. Now, this episode is brought to you by some of our sponsors. The first one is Juve. This is red light therapy to speed up recovery, speed up hair regrowth, reduce the appearance of scars and wrinkles on your skin. It's great stuff, science-backed. Go check them out. Go to juve.com. That's J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump and get $50 off your first purchase. This episode is also brought to you by Felix Gray. They make blue light blocking glasses that look good and that are clear. They don't change the color of everything around you. Go check them out. Go to felixgrayglasses.com. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com forward slash mind pump. All right, here comes the show. All right, check this out. Stretching can actually build muscle. You just have to do it the right way. Loaded stretching has been shown to increase IGF-1 in muscles. That's insulin-like growth factor, very anabolic hormone. It also has been shown to upregulate the receptors that IGF-1 attaches to, it works with. And it also has an occlusion effect uh, similar to muscle occlusion training where it fatigues muscle fibers and causes the fast-twitch muscle fibers to build even faster. So you can add this to your routine. doesn't cause much damage, improves your range of motion, and it accelerates results. Old knowledge? Old knowledge. This is, uh, but there's there's studies that are starting to support, you know, loaded stretching. But this is like a favorite among bodybuilders for a long time, right? The, yeah. Where they, they finish a workout with like a isolation exercise that puts a muscle in a stretch, focusing on the stretch. And then other bodybuilders have, have figured out that if you take an isolation exercise, put a muscle under stretch, hold it under stretch mm-hmm. for 30 to 45 seconds, you get these crazy pumps. And What's the most know? common ways that they do that with the, like a chest fly, for instance, and like in that stretch position? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So like a chest fly would be one for the back or the lats. It'd be like hanging from a bar or a lat pull down bar, getting a lat stretch. Bicep, right, would be... Uh, like an incline bench with two dumbbells hanging down. Delts you could do on a flat bench where you're holding down down here. Um, quads, obviously, you could set in your heels. Hamstrings, that's an easy one. But basically, what you do is you get a pump, and at the end of the workout, you do this like extended, loaded stretch, and it's 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 like a you know it's like a few percent more stimulus for muscle growth, and it's easy to add. And then the the, the real benefit that I enjoy from it is it helps me work on improved range of motion because yeah. 
Um, that's the best time to do a static stretch at the end of the workout because you're not well, doing any more exercises. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've done something similar, but it's mainly just intrinsic. So it wasn't loaded stretches, but it was like those positions. But now you're really like digging into it and adding yeah. muscular tension um, to kind of reinforce those positions. If it's hard to get in those positions, especially. But in terms of muscle building, like I could see loaded, you know, stretches being an option. Now, mechanistically, what is happening? Is it facilitating recovery at a faster rate because you're relaxing the muscle? Like, is it obviously if you're lifting, right? You just got done with a massive pump. You're in a state of tonus and the and you're like active still. If you do this like static stretch for more than thirty seconds, it tells the CNS to kind of relax. Does that speed up the the process of recovering because of that? Is it what are the real benefits that are happening? Yeah, I, I don't know if it speeds up recovery, but I do know that it's loaded, so it's not necessarily like a recovery type of stretch. Because like if I'm doing a weighted fly and I'm holding it here at the bottom and I'm letting it stretch my chest, there's still kind of an isometric thing that's going on, right? I can't completely or my body's not gonna completely let go. Um, otherwise I'd hurt myself. So it's, it's, you're still getting the isometric contraction. Mm -hmm. What you're also doing though, when, when a muscle is pumped and you're stretching it and loading it, you're, you're, uh, you're squeezing the muscle, the, the, the muscle of blood, all the waste products are kind of building up. It burns like crazy. If you've ever done this, it's very, very painful. It feels like it allows your, uh, that fluid to kind of travel a little bit more to end range in terms of your muscle. Like, I don't know if that's. <laughs> well, what I notice is after the stretch, the when you let go of the dumbbells, yeah. the pump comes back like super, super intense. My favorite value of it is it helps with range of motion um, for the next workout because yeah. I get this deep stretch. I've already trained the muscle. I'm not worried about weakening the muscle because it's at the end of the workout. And then when I go back into my workout the next time, I tend to have a little bit of better range of motion it, and then you can train in, in better range It would of be motion. interesting to me to see it compare to somebody who, like let's say a group of people that do the, the stretching afterwards, then another group does just traditional isometric type of yeah. holds afterwards and then another group, let's say, does two reps two no two more reps of a uh, Oh, of I see what you're saying. Set. So mm -hmm. let's say let's say we use the chest fly example. I would love to see a study that shows somebody who does just an isometric hold on the chest afterwards, a group that would do the the stretch like you're saying and then another group that would just add two more reps or yeah. another set of flies and then which one potentially the, builds the most the muscle. The closest thing that we have to that is they did do a study on isometric holds comparing uh, both ends and ranges of motion. So fully contracted versus fully stretched. And they found that the fully stretched isometric contraction uh, resulted in more muscle growth. Mm. So like, you know, holding a bicep squeeze here versus holding it here at a stretch, for example, the stretch position produced uh, a little bit more muscle growth than the, the Okay, so we do have research to show that. Yeah, so it's like, it would be like comparing... Um, I guess, it would but be I mean, like, you could also still do it. You could do an isometric hold. Yeah. That's yeah. So that's that's the squeeze part, right? Right. Because it doesn't stretch. get as much emphasis otherwise, like in the exercise. It's like doing. Um, uh, it's like comparing uh, concentric to eccentric. So what if yeah. you did though an, an isometric hold then, like against a wall? Yes. Opened up. Yes. So and, that would be in the stretch position. Right. Yeah. That's where they see you get more muscle growth. And I, and I also think that it doesn't cause much damage. So it's something that's easy to add versus if you add a few more reps or an exercise. You may tip yourself over. It's a different stimulus, so there's that novelty mm -hmm. aspect. I notice better, more results uh, with certain muscle groups with this one. Delts are really hard. Like delts are hard to get into a stretch position, so that one's always tough for me. My lats, crazy pump. Quads, crazy pump. Mm -hmm. Chest, mm -hmm. crazy pump. 
when I do, and it does, it's not, um, it's not adding much more to your exercise. It's really easy to do, uh, at the end of your workout. And it's a lot of fun. I know Ben Pikulski was a big proponent and he does it in between sets. He does intra-set yeah. yeah. intra stretching. So it? he doesn't even do it at the end. He does it after a set and then gets back into a yeah, set. Yeah. But again, the, the thing that I, that just makes me wonder if there's, what we're seeing is we're obviously what's happening is you're stimulating the muscle again. Yeah. So would a isometric, just a traditional isometric hold and or another rep or two or another do set the same thing. do the same thing. Right. And it's like, are we really overvaluing something that, okay, so the, the argument is, okay, there's some value there. I think the best argument is what you started to say as far as the novelty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you're- it's just you're, different. Right, yeah. If your go-to move is always just to add volume, add more reps, add more sets, and you, you eventually will peak out on that. So here's another technique that maybe potentially doesn't do as much damage to the body, and that's novel. It's a novel stimulus, so maybe you'll get the benefits there, but- Yeah, yeah. and I think it it points back to doing full range of motion, the, the importance of that, yes. right? Because it's- Maybe you aren't tapping its full potential because you're not fully in that. You're not challenging that stretched position uh, enough. That's where that's where I think the real value. Because let's say they were all they were all equal. Let's say what you said, everything's equal. Yeah. The value would be then just increased range of motion in the stretch position for muscles that you're tight in, right? So like, yeah. like I tend to get real tight in my quads, and if I don't stretch them deep, I mean I can't even sit on my heels. That's how tight they can get, um, and I don't really get into that position with any strength training. There's really no strength training exercise that stretches my quads. I mean, a sissy squat kind of, but um, this would do that, right? Because this, mm. at the end of my workout, I could sit on my heels, get a gnarly stretch, and then increase that, you know, kind of get that range of motion I don't necessarily tap into. Yeah. When I'm so doing my I, had, I went on a kick where I was doing this quite a bit. And uh, of course, this is my experience, right? So there's no, I have nothing to, I can prove. This is what I, what I thought I recognized was, uh, and that's why I asked to facilitate recovery. I, I thought I didn't get as sore. Oh, interesting. That's what I felt like. I felt like when I did a I gotta good, pay attention. When, I, when I did a good job of stretching really well at the end of these workouts like this with weighted stretches or hangs or something like that I do for my lats. Like so I do these things afterwards. Hmm. When I and I and I, I had a pretty good sense of the feel of a lift where I know like, oh, this is gonna get me. Right. Mm -hmm. That's actually actually what would promote me to do is like, oh, I started to notice that if I do a good deep stretch afterwards, yeah. I wouldn't be quite as sore uh, the next day or the day after. But again, I, I don't know if that's what's really happening with that or not, or that was just by coincidence that whenever I did that, we're just the the workouts there, weren't as taxing. There's this really interesting, okay, so uh, you want to take this with a grain of salt, right? But there was an animal study where they took birds and they put one wing in a weighted stretch position. Oh, I remember when you talked about for this. For like a long time, like they'd leave it there for hours or days or whatever. And the muscle growth that the bird went through on the stretched wing was Rem like crazy, yeah, like ridiculous muscle growth, and they speculated that this may even contribute to, again, grain of salt here. So everybody just kind of relax, but uh, hyperplasia, where this may contribute more to muscle fiber for you, you know, muscle fiber splitting and becoming, you know, one muscle fiber becomes two muscle fibers, which that's the holy grail of muscle growth, right? Right. You can make muscle fibers grow or shrink, but if you but you, you can increase some, them, they yeah. don't go away. Yeah. So now you've got extra muscle fibers and building muscle becomes much Do you easier. think that's one of the, the key components of uh what makes somebody like a like a like a nat a good natural bodybuilder? Like they have those type of genetics that they actually have hyperplasia happens at a at a much faster or easier to rate than totally. the average person. I would one hundred percent. There's gotta be so. a factor to that. Yeah. And I think also if if it does happen in humans, which it's widely believed that it does because we observe it in animals, I think it, it, it the best example are just old lifters who've been working out for decades 
And then, you know, they've been working out for so long. It's like they've got this kind of permanent muscle that doesn't go away. Which, yeah, I mean, I think you have a friend like Ben Pakulski. You brought him up already. Like, he's a good example of that. Of someone trying like, to get small. And yeah, still. <laughs> just still looks unbelievably muscular because he's he's probably at... Now, is the reason why we don't know that is because the only way you can test that is when they're dead? I think you have to do a bunch of muscle like, biopsies. And, cut it out. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Dr. Andy Galpin has done that. And yeah. They've shown how, you know, it happens. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys have experienced this. We've all been working out for decades ourselves. Mm -hmm. How much easier is it to stay your size now than it was oh, in know, your twenties? I've, yeah, I've shared this before on the show that when I fall out of shape uh, today, I'm still in better shape than I was, you know, three years or five years of consistently lifting. Yeah. So I mean, once you, I mean, that's that's one of the cool things about it's like investing. You know, yeah. if you, it just keeps compounding. The longer and more consistent you are, years wise, the easier it gets to maintain good shape or good muscle yeah. mass. Maintain or, like progressing. You know, past where you oh, are yeah. is increasingly difficult, which I think is what people kind of forget. It's like you know, <laughs> if you've been in the gym a long time, you really have to kind of press. Uh, to optimize outward in a different direction and, and stimulate growth. Otherwise, it's like it is a lot easier though to maintain whatever mass you've built within that uh, time in the gym. Yeah, just like my great grandfather. I mean, he died when he was ninety something years old, year, like long time ago. But I remember as a kid, he had these really like meaty forearms because he was always working with his hands and stuff. And he didn't work out. He's like you know, ninety years old. He stopped working, you know, labor. He just had these muscular forearms. Yeah, and it's because of all the labor. He so I'm I'm wondering if there was like a bunch of hyperplasia that happened there. It just sticks around. Sure, you know, afterwards. So anyway, so more interesting stuff. I've been reading. Uh, I was reading over the weekend. Um, so you guys know what NSAIDs are, right? Non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Yeah. So mm -hmm. these are like Tylenol, Advil. No, not Tylenol. So ibuprofen, Advil, which is Advil. Okay. Advil. Uh, naproxen, that's Aleve. Um, aspirin, which is the the old school classic. And there's other ones out there as well. Tylenol is not. Uh, acetaminophen is a, is a different class yeah, of drugs. That's why you can kind of one to the other, like go back and forth. Well, I was reading about, so I, I ate a bunch of, I had a real big dinner one night and I went and took some Alka-Seltzer, which mm -hmm. is old, it's old, you know, over-the-counter medicine for whatever. And in Alka-Seltzer is aspirin. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, aspirin's been around for a long time. We've been using this forever. I wonder what the studies say on aspirin in comparison to the other NSAIDs like ibuprofen, which is more one of the more widely used ones, right? And did you guys know that aspirin is... Now, for pain relief, this is where you get like, oh, ibuprofen might last longer, might be a little better or whatever. But when it comes to like safety and health profile and stuff like that, aspirin is superior. Yeah. Well, aspirin is superior. Recommended to have like a baby aspirin mm -hmm. a day just for heart health. For yes. people who've had yeah. uh, heart attacks or stroke. And don't they even, uh, for for pregnant women, don't they have them take baby aspirin too? I, I thought, don't know about that. Yeah. I thought Katrina got recommended baby aspirin at one point. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't so, know that. But so aspirin's got anti-cancer effects. Hmm. It's got anti-stroke effects uh, and it can prevent heart attack in certain people. Whereas other NSAIDs actually can cause Wow. problems or increases in strokes and heart disease. Now, so is, I mean, aspirin obviously isn't like as impactful on the liver than in, in terms of it processing it. Cause that's like the big detriment of ibuprofen. So right? all the negative stuff that, that, that they've said about aspirin, like, Oh, it increases, it could, it could increase your risk of gastric bleeding or ulcer. It's all true for all the NSAIDs. It basically, in other words, all the negatives are similar, but aspirin has way more positives. In huh. fact, check this out. So the way that NSAIDs work is they block uh, these prostaglandins that promote inflammation. And there's two main ones. I think one's called uh, COX-1 and the other one's called COX-2. Aspirin does not 
prevent nitric oxide production like ibuprofen does. In other words, if you're an athlete, uh, you want nitric oxide, ibuprofen is going to reduce it, whereas aspirin does not. So it's really crazy. And I'm like, why, why are we being told, why have, you know, are we all using these other ones instead of aspirin? Because aspirin's around for 100 years. Yeah. Cheaper, bro. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's blocking cheap. all the cocks. It's been, <laughs> bro, did you just, that's blocking all the cocks. It was a little just, late, but hey, I still had to land it. I said, hey, when I said it to him, like, let's see if they you jump see on it. See, Justin thing. gets it. I don't know. One, <laughs> yeah, two. I'm like, hey, you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 say it. No, it mainly works on the first one, not the second. I'm not going to say the name anymore, Justin. <laughs> okay. Hey, right. speaking of working, guys. So, <laughs> yeah. Max, uh, Max has got this. Uh, this this app that he but there's a good app by the way that I think is really cool I don't know if you're if a realistic guy or not it's called PBS for kids and it's like games that they mm. can play and but they're uh, educational I'm assuming yeah they're okay. more they're more on the educational uh, it's, uh, totally educational right teaches them shapes and colors and okay. he's really into this cooking thing right now right so he and it, basically what it does is you know, it, it guides them into picking a pot that they cook in and then you open the fridge. The and seasoning, put yeah, it in there. Yes, and, yeah, yes. I saw him do that. That's cute. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, he's all he's all into it and he's uh, hilarious. And so uh, I finally found, I don't know why this is so funny to me. I guess <laughs> as a dad, one of the things I looked forward to is the day that my son can't pronounce something and it becomes a swear word. And so <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this. It's, like, favorite, it, it's like, you know, innocent fun that you like get it's to have. Best, you know dude. what I'm saying? So, and we're doing it and uh and we get to uh the food's parsley right and i saw of course i'm like that's parsley and so he goes to say it oh pussy <laughs> and of course i so have you're to making a you're like, and katrina's yeah. in the kitchen cooking of that and she's like what are you having him say it's parsley honey it's, yeah, it's an educational app yeah so he what? can't he can't pronounce hey, parsley what does daddy like to eat <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know why that's well, so. I, think, I, I don't know why it's so funny and immature for me to do uh, that. But then dude. you just play with it, bro. Yeah. I, I would na yeah. I would tell him like if you want to mess with one of your buddies, I'd be like, "Hey, I his already, nickname I, is Parsley. I, I, I'm already we'll doing parsley. it. I'm yeah, already yeah. doing it." So Aurelius, Aurelius says he can't say truck. He says fuck. Okay, yeah, yeah. and he also when he says sit, it sounds like shit. Yeah. Okay. So we're eating. My kids are like that. They say shit down. Yeah. So we're <laughs> so like, shit down. We're eating breakfast yesterday. We went out to breakfast. Uh, Jessica's mom was visiting. And we're all sitting there and my son wants to watch, he's like infatuated with trucks. Mm -hmm. And so he wants to see this truck video. He wants to be pull up a truck video. So he's sitting there, we're all sitting there and I'm standing up and Aurelius goes, Papa, shit, fuck, shit, fuck, Papa, shit, fuck. <laughs> and the waitress is like looking at my son. I'm like, he's trying to say sit truck. He's not saying shit. She's like, okay, because I thought he was going off. I'm like, no, we don't teach him that, okay? Shit, fuck, Papa. It's hilarious. That's the best thing. I don't know why. I don't know why I think it's so funny, but I remember I remember having my little siblings when they were growing up. And then, you know, and I feel like uh, every kid has a, a word or two that they just can't pronounce of very course. well. And they're, they're, they seem to be different, you know, and unique and you never know what it's going to be. And so I had no idea part parsley. Well, the was worst is the it, wait, well, when he hears <laughs> everybody parsley, laugh, he's going to start saying it more. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So, so Aurelius is like full on, it's like a light switch turned off. As soon as he turned two years old, boom, toddler mode. Okay. Mm -hmm. So loud, like if you've ever had anybody who's ever had toddlers, you know, they can definitely be, there's a stereotype of a toddler where they're very emotional like, you know, he'll he'll be playing with his car and it gets stuck and he'll lose his shit and I'll go over there and be like, let me help you. No! And he's yeah. like, just it's just yeah. hilarious, okay? So anyway, Jessica, you know, she's I, I'm I'm in the other room and I hear her talking to him and she uses this nice voice, 
but I can also I can tell she's pissed off yeah. with him. So she goes, she goes to him, she goes, Aurelius. Because I guess he had water in his sippy cup and he was like splashing her with it in her face. So she's she goes, Aurelius, if you splash mommy in the face one more time, I'm gonna be really pissed off. And I'm like in the back. <laughs> oh, I better jump in. Oh <laughs> she's she's got the nice yeah, voice, you know? Going, yeah. But I can hear the anger underneath yeah. it. I was I was cracking dude. up, dude. Oh, crack. it was funny. I was driving up to uh Truckee to kind of spend time with my family. We did an early like Thanksgiving and we're driving up and this is for Adam because I wanted to uh, hear you're into rims and everything, and you've seen kind of the progression of that, right? We've seen some really like r bizarre ones. Yeah, remember when like spinners? Spin remember Dude, spinners were? Big I was deal. wondering about is that still like no. around? Is anybody because that was so ridiculous? It was they'd like stop a, and they keep going. It was like a five year five year trend that they were so popular, and then they fell out of favor. Yeah. I never liked them. I, I thought they always looked. So I'm wondering, cheesy. is this a trend or is this like just a one off that like this guy just had this harebrained idea? idea uh he was in this like red corvette and i look over i'm like wait a minute those are kind of a, a weird color and they were like a little bit kind of yellow a little bit greenish and, and then you know we kept driving next to him and then it got dark and they started glowing in what? the dark God. and i was what? like glow in the dark rims and really like, yeah was that's like, kind of cool actually i mean no, no I I like, not, really that's kind of cool <laughs> i was doug pull me up some glow in the dark rims Damn it. Know, that's kind of cool bro. Listen, do if you it. saw it you'd be like oh okay it sounded like a cool idea but i don't think he pulled it off glow in the dark yeah. rims. i mean that's kind of cool yeah it was different no it's not i think that's kind of cool i want to see what they look like hey i mean i got glow in the dark shoes i wish i was taking a picture dude i think i just picture you getting out and you've got the shoes that light up while you walk. I do through. have the shoes that light up like that. Did yeah. you? Uh, well, they're the ones I brought in here the other day and I showed you. Oh, those, they did. those Yeezys, the bottoms of them. Yeah, but those if are anybody can pull, I figured well, yeah, like, it'd be in your wheelhouse for sure. No, so, no. You never yeah. got the ones that, remember the ones that were popular with kids? No, with the They're kids. No, 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 no. Those, the, and uh, those, those are cool though. I mean, you see. Hey, no. did you ever get the shoes that with a little skate in the bottom? No, I didn't get oh, Yeezys. That God. was the after wheelies? Those are our, those are like our, like our, your kids' generation. That wasn't when we were kids. They didn't have those. They didn't have some that were worth hell One of my favorite Instagram accounts was this guy like he would he had the wheelies and he'd, he'd go to skate parks and do tricks and be like Shh, Shh. <laughs> <laughs> i died dude i don't even remember shoes? his name i had, a, a, I had a boss that wore yeah. so when i was i know exactly what you're talking about yeah when i was 20 this, he'd skate around the gym he did he's a fitness manager that used to that used to wear them and he was like in his mid-20s or late 20s and he used to rock those oh, God, they were they were probably with kids at that time so i never i thought i did not think it was cool like when he was doing it now what ha so how did those work like do can you accidentally can the skate pop out on accident while you're trying to do something? Fall down, or do you have to like purposely? I mean, yeah, you guys you know how they work. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you get yeah, lift your have a, toes have a, up, right? So yeah, well, so I mean, your your heel is elevated by a wheel. The wheel is is built it's into in the, the heel in the heel, and it's it's sticking. But out you have on. to physically pop it out and lock it. No, like it in other stays. Words, no, it's it like stays that. there on an axle yeah. always, and you have to. So, so you like, just walk on your toes. Yeah, you still. It's just like having a very slight height. Because I'm just picturing like some dudes like carrying groceries up up his driveway. Yeah. Oh, there's the there's the oh, dark rooms. Oh, it's a thing. Damn. You don't want to do that, bro. That's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. That's so. That's it's like just the, during the day. It looks like shit, dude. I'll be honest. That's like the the. Peak well, look at the, of, the look at the. I like the ones that are black with the black with the just the lip that's green right there. Oh yeah. Click on those ones, Doug. Okay. I would do that. I would. Stop it. Hey, have I'd you seen? You. Have you? Have yeah, you those ones right there. Oh, those are like bike tires. Those are like bike tires. That looks so dumb. Have you seen the new? I think it was a BMW. Where you have an app, I think the key does this, either the key or an app on your phone, and you can change the paint with a touch of a button. Yeah, is that yeah. out yet? I don't know, but yeah. somebody sent me a clip, and I'm like, this is crazy. How does that work? 
I don't so know. The, so yeah. the whole the whole um, is like a digital screen. The car is like a digital screen. So it's not like a normal like it's you know like uh, when you go like I mean, like, I'm you know on buildings you know so buildings like, have like yeah. they have like LED like mini LED through the whole thing. I think that's what how how I so they wrap the whole car. In yeah, there? there it is, right there. Yeah, that's it. And right it there. goes from white to black. What the heck. That's crazy. Now, I don't know if it's a concept or it's actually out. I think it might be a concept. That right looks now. like the new- they, they do some crazy stuff for That looks like cars. the new yeah. X. There's, BMW's coming out with a new, I think it's called X or something like that. Looks pretty sick, but maybe. So basically, you break a law, you hit a button, your car changes, get away. Is, <laughs> yeah. that, what, is that what we're going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I remember the uh, there was like some uh, somebody installed something where you could lift your license plate up. And, oh. and it just- Oh, yeah, or another great. one comes, yeah. uh, comes uh, across. Like have that. you guys seen? Gangsters okay, out there. you know how you get the like if you sometimes you get a picture of your license plate if you don't pay like a toll or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's these covers that you could buy. I don't think they're legal, but they go over your license your your license plate. And when you look at it normally, you could read your license plate. But if it's at a particular angle where these cameras take a picture, oh, wow. it'll blur it out. Oh, cool. So they'll, you'll, they'll take a picture and they won't have your license. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love underground tech. You're totally going to buy yeah. that now. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, I always get tickets. Hey, so, okay. So since we're talking about like asshole things that I spend money on. So I, I, I spent a bunch of money this weekend on, uh, on a new couch. So you told me about it. This is crazy. So yeah, you're hyping it up, but dude, I didn't get any pictures. Love, love sack has, well, I haven't got it yet. They have to, uh. they customly make it right. So it's getting all done right now. I get it like in two weeks. So I'll definitely like show you guys once I get it. So love sack has partnered with Harman Kardon and Harman Kardon is like top of the line. Yeah, like great stereo speakers. systems. They're, they're in some of your, your luxury cars and stuff like that. So it's great, great speakers. So they partnered. And so Harman Kardon has built a, a surround sound system in the love sack couches so i built this sectional that has chases two chases on the end and then i got two chases on the outside underneath i have three subwoofers and then i've got two on each side speakers on the sides and in behind and you can't see anything everything's all hidden in the couch and then you have a centerpiece that's underneath the plasma and it all is connected all wild you were saying wow. because this sounds sick. it sounds wild but you tested it yes and you were saying it sounded yeah like so i mean i see so i i saw reviews like uh people that were Spec because it's 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 pretty new, and so I looked up on YouTube to find like reviews on what other like someone who owns it. They say, and I couldn't find anybody who already owned it. Just people that heard about the tech that it was coming, and of course people were speculating. Oh, it's probably going to be muffled. Oh, it's going to be this. That's what I would think because it's inside it the couch. Sounds. Uh, you know what it feels like? It feels like I'm wearing headphones. What? What? Because you're in the couch, and so the sides are here, and so it's it right. You, like, right so yeah, it hits you and makes you feel like you're got you got headphones on. So what's huh. cool? And the, so what really sold me on this is, so Katrina, we have we have pretty good surround sound already at the house, and Katrina's always getting on to me to turn it down. Oh, Max, turn it down, turn it down, turn it down. Time, I'm like, fuck. What's, I got all these badass speakers, but it is kind of loud especially the upstairs one that's near his room. So I don't get to really blast it the way I want to because it, it makes the whole house loud where this is going to be like the couch is more focused. It's more focused. And so I don't need to crank it up as high and it won't be as loud right outside of. So I'm really excited. And love sack, you know how comfortable love sack oh, yeah. stuff is. So the couch yeah. is unbelievably comfortable and the whole thing. It's called stealth tech. Yes. Oh shit. And the whole thing. And it's all Bluetooth. It, yes. All Bluetooth. And the whole entire couch is machine washable. Oh, so sick. the that's, side that's the, important. Dude. Oh yeah, with kids, <laughs> kids and dogs. So there's the 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 side panels all uh, the, and you can't tell. So you would never guess that the you can unvelcro 
the the couch and actually unzip the cushions. It yeah. looks like a normal sectional couch. Now, are they like? Wow. Are they really expensive? Are they kind of expensive? What's what is what is <laughs> Let's what just is, say, what your, what's your definition? Love of sack on top of having tech built into the love. Like, come on. Well, like a couch, ridiculous. a nice couch would cost like four grand, like a really nice couch. So, yeah. like, it's yeah. way more or than like that. ten. Yeah. yeah, way more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's right. By the look on your face, yeah, it's and knowing you, more yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 not it's not cheap at all. Now, mind you, I did get a like you could get it for uh, you could get something smaller. I got a whole setup, right? So I have mm -hmm. and I built it to where I had the chase because I like the chase. And then I got on each end chase, and then I you're gonna, put, you're gonna put Max in it, and turn on Paw Patrol. Let's look at look at the look on his face. <laughs> I, I'm, I've always got him. Dad, this is great. Katrina, yeah. Katrina's the one that doesn't like the doesn't like the stuff loud. She's always turning everything down all the time. And I'm like, oh my god. Do you god. have to watch things with subtitles with her? No, she that's how I watch them. Well, she hates subtitles. So, okay, yeah, so she you won't. just can't hear it and see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's how I watch yeah. it because Jessica's like that too. Turn it down, turn it down. So uh, I'm like subtitles. Yep. Okay, I guess I'm reading TV today. I, you know, as a kid, <clears throat> I was into that stuff really young. My, in fact, my first big purchase as a kid when I was in my uh, early teens, when I was first starting work, I saved up enough to buy like a home stereo system. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been into loud music, into surround sound on TV, move, and I've always been into movies. I collected cassettes, then I collected yeah. DVDs. Like, <clears throat> so of course, when I grew up, you know, that's you, I, you never grow out of some things. That's one of the things I never grew out of. And mm -hmm. and now you. Well, know, what I, it is is it's immersive. I'm like that yeah. too. I like to be immersed. Me too. When I I'm watching something, yeah. I just don't do it anymore because kids and all that stuff. But I love it. I love if I'm watching a good movie. I want to be. I still get loud, but I got to be downstairs. That's like you know, you go downstairs if you want to uh, play your raucous right, music. I got nowhere, like, bro. My whole house. I can't even work out in the garage. <laughs> I can't work out in the garage. I can't. Bro, watch you need TV a man out. cave, dude. You need to. That's all right. It out. I've accepted it, bro. I got four kids. I'm gonna have four kids here, so. <laughs> so my no, house. No, I bring the kids down there with me, and we we rock out. Hundred percent. When if and when the time comes when I do a build, like I will build a. Like separate a, man cave, hundred yes. percent. That's like in the basement, totally. concrete wall. Yes, I can play it as loud as I want. Yes, like, that's like I'll a, drop goals. weights, do whatever yeah. the hell I want. Yes, totally. Yes, hundred percent. That's that's, a, that's on my dude, on my list. For speaking sure. of family, dude, I got this is this always this is just hilarious. I just noticed something. So I'm on this big family group thread with like aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, whatever. It's a huge one, right? And uh, man, who's do you guys have like a biggest fan? Do you, you guys have someone in your in family? Your family, your biggest fan? Oh yeah, yeah. I said, so that's my I mom. No fans. No shit. Anything I share, <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> I got no fans. Anything I share, it's I'll share anything at all, and my mom will always love it. She'll always heart it and say something like, "That's amazing, son." Oh, that's so sweet. That's the greatest thing. That's so sweet. And I just noticed the other day, I sent like a meme or something like that, and and it saw like a heart and like this comment, and I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. it's only my mom that's liking my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else is lucky. She's our biggest fan. We got started. She's Remember, we had like two yeah. people listening. I know. Do you, yeah. Who, who, Thanks, okay. Do you have do you have family that listens? Yeah. Or, I mean, like, like really listens. Like not like really a, listens. Like checks be, in. Honestly, it's on. Uh, I would say probably more on Courtney's side, uh, like her sister. Or her brother. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, my. Like, so my parents will listen to like when we do like certain interviews with people that they're interested in, and that's about it. Uh, but like mm. Courtney would be like the next one I would say probably listens yeah. the most. Yeah. I, well, I she to, used to not. So that's, she didn't. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I think that's why I've been so like carefree about what I talk about. So if you're not going to listen, I'm going to roast you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what you get. Now she listens. I've got a, I have a handful of family. I mean, what, my sister doesn't count because she works for the company, right? But she was she's been since day one. She's been a listener yeah. and a fan even before she worked for the company. I have my my cousin Stephanie. Shout out to her. She, you guys have oh, yeah, met her, her before. Yeah, I love up her. in she's Seattle, great. right? So yep. she listens to the damn near she's episode. Great. My uncle John, he listens. So shout out to Uncle John. He listens to like almost every episode. He's always commenting. Um, and then my mom's husband, Lonnie, shout out to Lonnie. He always listens too, but my mom yeah. doesn't listen. So. I, well, I have to, okay. So I have to be clear. Like Jessica by far is, is the, she listens to every, in fact, she has, yeah. uh, people from mind pump send her the episodes before the air. Was she yeah. a fan before yes. you guys started dating? Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Wow. Well, no. Yes, she was actually. When yes, I first was. met her. I had her subscribe to Mind Pump because you guys remember how aggressive we were early days. Oh, yeah. We grabbed yeah, people's yeah. phones and just grabbed them. <laughs> That's right. You grabbed her yeah, phone. Yeah, let me see your phone real quick. Yeah. Boop, you're subscribed. I remember that now. She was yeah. already subscribed. She No, she wasn't. She uh, became a fan. In fact, she told me that when she first funny. listened, at first she thought it was pompous. And I'm like, oh, really? And she's like, I still think that. All right, anyway. But she uh, she still she hates when we refer to uh, Mind Pump, right? Is it how we refer to Mind Pump like third person? Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> but, she, but no, she she gets the episodes early, listens to every single one. She's my best critic because she's very honest. Yeah. But then, yeah, it's my mom. She cracks me up because she'll listen too sometimes. That's sweet. And I'll know because she'll, she'll, every once in a while, she'll say something like, Oh, that joke you made. That was kind of little. I don't know if I like that joke. I'm like, what, mom? You're listening? Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. My parents support, but they're like, the you know, they, it makes them too uncomfortable. I think like the subject matter we bring up. Oh. You know? Anyway, yeah, so I got this interesting speculation. I like your. I, in fact, I thought about you, Adam, because you you tend to speculate on this stuff a lot. Okay. So the more and more products and eventually entertainment will get produced by AI and machines and computers. Do you think that at some point a label on a product that says human made is going to make something more yep. valuable and more expensive? 100%. You do. I 100%. I mean, and it's all going to be good, right? So I think that so many things are going to be created and made by AI and it's going to lower lower the entry for a lot of people. So mm -hmm. things that maybe you could It's like afford. mass production. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you like uh, shoes are example, right? I, we're not far, I think, from being able to 3D print sneakers and shoes. And so people who want to have a certain look that looks like certain shoes or whatever, they can get them for relatively cheap. Like that, I think uh, in the future, right? Obviously, a 3D printer is expensive and it's not, yeah. we're not there, but we will get there at one point. And then what I think will be, and, and there'll still be a market for, very high, and it'll be human-made stuff, handcrafted yeah. stuff. I think that we're going to see the comeback of right. of things like that, things that are handmade or an artist. There's actually, a video of them actually forging things. No, and, totally. I, yeah. do. I, you know, why I agree with you. So I was thinking about this. Uh, so Ferrari, obviously, uh, one of the, the most expensive car brands. It's got a crazy lineage and history. They they yeah. advertise that that yeah. their, That's their right. cars are it's a big handmade point. hand stitched. You see this with uh, uh, instruments. You see, so this with, you see this with watches. You see it with watches, instruments yeah. like there's guitars, there's uh, you know there's trumpets, there's violins that are the most expensive ones are the ones that are made. Handmade. That's and that's so, a, and it's all in these art. It's no different. It is no different than yeah. how it really is today. The only difference is that AI is, is going to be able to. It, open up uh, the opportunity for people that couldn't afford certain things before. Well, now, and the car example is a perfect example. Obviously, not everybody can afford a Ferrari, but most people can afford somewhat of a car at this yeah. point now. Car, cars, are, you can get a pretty cheap car today, and because they, what, they mass produce them in factories and everything, and so 
that is 100% how I think AI is going to happen. Music is going to get reproduced and you're going to see it. Do you guys think it's going to be like that with meat? Do you think that we're going to see steak and it's be like, this is from a real cow, not lab grown meat? <laughs> I mean, aren't we seeing that like, right now? I'm going to show a picture of the cow. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> it's like grass-fed beef versus beyond meat right yeah, now i mean yeah. that's kind of the, the already the the divide there's people that i'm are, talking about lab-grown meat though because yeah. they can actually take stem cells yeah. and at some point they'll be able to print or make steak like here's your steak it was right. grown in a lab it's it was never a cow like i wonder if it's going to be like that like i only eat meat that's from actual animals yeah. i want to eat lab i want a whole montage of its life you know the <laughs> grazing and the, <laughs> they'll know, have a picture of it <laughs> Buy a video, and then like Sarah McLaughlin before it's in. Well, you know, you know what's funny. Oh, you know what's funny about that is that like PETA activists uh, will actually they they actually did this at one point. They they put name tags on steaks, like this this cow was Bessie, this cow was whatever. Uh, uh -huh. I'm like that might actually sell more steaks in the future. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real cow. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I got a kick out of the Coca Cola when the Coca Cola had your name on it, something uh, like that. Yeah, so it's it was... kind of like the same thing. Your you know cow what? Have name on it? Growing up with an with an ethnic name like me, nothing ever had my name on it. No keychains, no wallets, uh, yeah. no nothing. You go to yeah. Grand Canyon, and you're just screwed. Yeah, I go through. Oh, there's Sally. I can yeah. get Sally if I want. There's never Sal. <laughs> or Selena. I never saw <laughs> Sally. I never that's saw what, Sal. Sally and Sally again. So yeah, it's so annoying. Hey, are you guys? Are you guys completely avoiding the stock market? Does anybody buy yes. any stocks? Yeah. No, none. I, I don't want to look. I'm, I bought some stocks. Yesterday. I know you've yeah you've been kind of promoting. I am. Well, you know, it's down, dude. He's doing the right thing. Yeah, no, I'm, I, too, I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm just yeah. I'm so like well, slow I, I get asked it. all the time about new. So basically, I've been I've been uh, averaging down on all the stocks I already had. So that's I'm not doing any. But I did buy a new stock yesterday. You know, the stock I bought yesterday. What? Uh, I bought it for Max too. So I think this is a uh, Krispy Kreme donut. Really? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Look at Doug laughing at me. He's terrible. Bye. Oh yeah. You know who they just partnered up with? Who? McDonald's. Oh, Krispy no. Kreme donuts coming into 400,000 locations. That's a duh. Go pull my ticker up there, Doug, while you're laughing. Blood money. Pull my, pull my ticker <laughs> Wait, up. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> He's just laughing because we're a fitness podcast. It's like, <laughs> yeah. so Adam's, Adam's got a portfolio of yeah. Marlboro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do have Marlboro. <laughs> you do? I wasn't making it up. <laughs> He's got, I'm hedging my bets. I'm going to try and save everybody. all your lives. I'm going to try and save. I can't, I'm but I can. Money. I'm still going to make some well, money. I know a lot of you guys <laughs> are taking your time to make that good decision. So wow. yeah, no problem wow. of it. So it's, uh, the cream, ticker huh? is donut. It's donut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I'm know gonna, what though? Are you guys fans of? I never like. I, I, don't I, I was. It was so in the bodybuilding community. It's huge. It's good. Are you kidding me? It's I mean, not, it's, it's not as good. I'm as I'm not like, a big donut guy, but like, yeah, they were popular when I was out in Chicago, and it was like, it's just because if especially it's fresh, and it's just like yeah. it's they've mastered whatever glaze, you know, like it's just like the perfect balance. I don't know. I don't like it. I like regular old windshields or. Yeah, I want. I want to go to a donut place that looks grungy and dirty, and an old Asian lady comes out. Yes. Four, four o'clock in the morning yes and i mean i can get down with that that is a good maple bar bro there's yeah. the one yeah. over yeah. there by the 24 yeah, she has to sleep in the place yes she wakes up at four o'clock in the and morning if they don't just serve donuts they no. also make sandwiches and barbecue that's yeah. right yeah that's the place yes. that makes the best yes. you know exactly what i'm yes. talking about that's right. they they fry that is the best that that's the best donut things. you can get a hold of yeah, right there how we doing over there doug oh we're down today yeah we're down today yeah, so it's not a bad buy. The still. only stocks that crush Adam are the ones you talk about but don't buy. You're in a. It's like a weird. <laughs> exactly. I don't know though. I'm I like so. I, I mean, I just threw a couple bucks at it from Max's portfolio. But it, more than anything else, I was actually just interesting in the merger. Right? Isn't that an interesting partnership? No, right? it's totally. A, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, brilliant. Did you know? Isn't McDonald's crushing right now what their adult Happy Meals? Have you guys been reading about oh, this? So are I know they? they did it. I don't know if they are crushing from yeah, it or not. They How, were. They were. They were crushing. How's McDonald's stock doing right now? Are they doing? All right, so they, uh, 
I mean, <clears throat> I think right now is when the the big monopoly game hits, right? Is that happening, or did I, did I miss that boat? I don't know. I, I don't go to McDonald's enough to know that stuff. Oh, McDonald's is crushing two seventy four right now. Jeez, they always do well. They did get like little prizes in their Happy Meals, right? That was the like, adult ones. Yeah, yeah, like a weird thing. It was, but people collect them, and they're they got weird. You know what's funny? I don't remember. I saw this a long time ago. There was this an analysis of McDonald's customers. And there's a sizable percentage. I don't remember what the number was, but it was significant percentage of their customers that are such regular users that they can count on them to come every single day. Wow. They have like a huge chunk, a base of people that are like McDonald's every single day. I've never heard that. Yes. Interesting. Yes. And it's that's like one of the keys of their success is they have this like crazy loyal- We all live in Ohio for some reason. Where? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just trying to throw a random one out Hey, there. did you start your speaking? You just brought up Ohio. So you made yeah. me think about the uh, your Graham Hancock. Yes. I watched, watch it, I watched it. I watched it. Yes. I've been going through it. I've been Fascinated going through it. quite a bit of it right now. There's, did you see the Ohio serpent or snake? Yeah. No, I didn't see yes, that. Yes. Yeah. The mound that's up there. Yeah, that's why yeah, I was created. There's a lot of those. Uh, I'm just getting excited about uh, the new discovered pyramids that were like ter like terraces yeah. that, that are on the side of mountains that, that, well, what sucks about it too is like they're, they're kind of protected. And uh, there was one in Mexico too that's apparently the biggest pyramid in the world yeah uh but there's like some kind of like a um church um that's on top that they had built so they can't excavate uh -huh. which is really frustrating because they've excavated kind of the bottom of it and there's all these perfectly cut stones and you know they've, they've been able to kind of go in and, and they see all these like i don't know how many tunnels there are but there's just tunnel systems everywhere and it's there it would be so revealing if they could like excavate the whole so thing so, so his whole it's it's the <laughs> say that for me Quetzalcoatl yeah. Quetzalcoatl 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 So that was the their Fair one enough. like um the the one figure that was like kind of like a Jesus figure that like taught him how to uh That's create, the myth. yeah civilization and all that the myth like so, him and like Veracocha was So his one. whole premise which I think is a very reasonable premise his whole premise is that human civilization is not as linear as we think. Like well, we think of it as starting here and then improving. But what he's saying is we've been on earth for a long time and there probably was lots of progressions and then wiping out a civilization because of cataclysmic So events. Katrina was trying to ask me, she right. goes, what is the, what's the controversy around him, right? Because she obviously has all these archaeologists. Yeah. That, so what right. I said to her, and you, uh, you guys Kay. tell me, build on it or correct me, uh, is we have, our, our theory on how man evolved is basically that we were kind of dumb cavemen way back when, thousands of years ago, right? And mm -hmm. you've got stuff. Yeah, Hunter-gatherer only. Really. Yeah. yeah. And so when stuff like this starts coming out and then dating back, maybe- Way, way further back. Way we, further back. And, then, and, the, back. And, and it aligns with the stars. And I mean, it's just like these guys had to been a lot smarter than what we think yeah. they were back then. And that's kind of controversial based off of what, how and they're we, discovering all these ancient megalithic structures, like underwater, under oceans. Yeah. Um, and that points back to ice age, ice age, because the, the oceans were, you know, a lot of it was yeah, pre flood, pre flood stuff, right. Too. Ice and, and the big, you know, uh, glacial structures. And so it's like, it, there's just so much history that still needs to be uncovered in, the thing about archaeology, it's like they've created an entire um, timeline based off of like what they've been able to discover in the past. But now these kind of interrupt that timeline. And so they have to kind of throw it out and be flexible and go back and revisit based on new evidence. And, and it seems like there's a lot of resistance. Which uh, what I heard in the documentary, which I thought was interesting, is that, you know, you know, uh, 
archaeology and what's this what's the study of the stars i can't think of uh, astrology astrology thank you so uh, archaeology astronomy astronomy, astronomy. thank astronomy. you is the fucking <laughs> horoscope <laughs> stuff <laughs> I'm so right now i'm sorry astronomy <laughs> and archaeology don't really communicate to each other is that correct that's i mean and so that's what's interesting about this now, now have, the reason why this is important is because so much uh, of these ancient historical artifacts were designed to line up with well, yeah. So and, astronomy is like the 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 worldwide language that we all spoke before language, mm. right? I mean, was the ability to look up the stars and notice that there's patterns yeah, and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And so a lot of this stuff is pointing that. And then the archaeologists they don't they don't utilize any of that. They're purely off of like carbon dating and yeah. like what this structure is made right, of. In and terms of the alignments, like what, yeah, like where they pointed specifically uh, to to different like uh, what do they call those like different like seasons and things that come through? I forget what the names of are, but yeah, like the equinox, the equinox, or the um, yeah. There's there's a few of those solstice, solstice yeah. summer solstice, like. So yeah, they're finding a lot of those structures were were pointed very specifically to to align with these different uh, star structures. I mean, it's very it's it sounds very reasonable to me yeah. that that it would be very easy for uh, civilizations to get erased after cataclysmic events. You know, when you're talking about ten thousand years ago, twenty thousand yeah. years ago, like we're not going to have really remnants of you know what they did. And yes, there probably were lots of and there definitely were lots of hunter gatherers, but they could have existed simultaneously. Yeah. As more advanced now, do we do we do we build things today that we intend like if case this were to happen again, an ice age were to come? Oh, they're going to see our shit for thousands of years, bro. We got plastic. (laughs) They're going to find plastic water bottles and shit. Be like this ancient civilization. (laughs) They just had a bunch of containers, just Legos. They're like putting together. (laughs) This is what they built their houses off of because they're plastic Legos and everything else. You know, so yeah, our shit ain't going away then. No, bro. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> we've made a lot of uh, stuff that doesn't biodegrade. Yeah, very well. So mm. anyway, interesting. Yeah. All right, so uh, more cool studies I'll bring up. Um, I just read a cool study on red light therapy. So lot of, you guys know that red light therapy can help with healing and recovery, and there's studies to support this. I just read a study that showed that it reduced uh, joint pain by fifty percent in in people who used it. Fifty percent. That's very, very significant. Wow. They also had another one on Achilles tendon pain, and there was a significant reduction in pain as well. Really? So this is, yeah, so- How long was the usage? Uh, they did it for, uh, I want to say, uh, 90 days, I believe. I'd have to go double double, double check. Now, but I you, mean, that's when, like, the, there's like, nothing does yeah, that. That's, yeah, it's crazy. And it's natural. It's big, yeah. It's natural. Nothing does that, and it's pro-recovery and healing, not anti-healing, like a lot of- you know, um, anti-inflammatory. Now, when you read something like that, what is, what does that point to for you as far as like, what is, what's going on for to have that powerful of an impact? The mitochondria, is that, that, does that mean that it's that impactful? Yep. Yep. It literally supercharges the mitochondria and they produce more collagen, more, uh, what are they called? Fibroblasts, which create the structures of collagen, reduces inflammation because it speeds up the waste removal process. So basically it's like, Red light is like fuel for the mitochondria. So when you sh- when you you hit them with red light, they operate better and faster. So healing happens faster. Inflammation is regulated better. Um, and it's and the, this this it's crazy. If you look up the study, it sounds like magic. Yeah. If you look up the studies, there there's a lot. It's not like one study. There's a lot of studies. You know when that you when works. you talk about yeah. this stuff, I can't help but think that we're heading towards total recall. 
But why? Because it was always all it was all red lit up, you know. Oh. And I know they did that because it's, it's, it's on Mars, right? Yeah, but yeah. they it was red lights all over the place too. Yeah. Like I could you imagine if like the future is instead of us having these fluorescent lights, which we've already proven is not ideal for us, that just we get used to having red lights on us all the time. Well, why well, don't we have different. them in our cars as we commute? Well, that's right different. Like yeah, you can overdo it too. So so oh, you can the actual red light that you would get from like a Juve panel. Um, you could definitely over, that's why they say 20 minutes a day. They don't tell you to use it all day long. You could, uh, overstimulate or you could cause problems if you over, you know, if you use it too much, just regular red lights, not the same. Like we put red light bulbs on. That's not the same thing as. No, I know. But yeah. I mean, the technology that's in Drew, yeah. if it makes its way into your lights in your house, why yeah. would it not do that? Because it's just too much. It would be too much. You, really? you, yeah. You only want to do it focused and you only do a certain period of time. Um, otherwise, it would be like cool to have a switch, you know, like you could have a timer where you. Right, right. It. After it's been on for X amount in the day or whatever. I would think point, if it's up in my like ceiling, it's that tall. It's not, you're not the same impact as you are standing six inches from a juve light. Yeah, no, I think it'd be too much and probably really expensive. Could you yeah. imagine how expensive that would be? Well, it is right ceiling. now. That's before AI makes it for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know now even poor people it might just be like light, shower too. red light and then like cold plunge and so and then you go to bed or that's something. what i've been trying to see how i, I want to build my juve like hang over me while i shower mm, since yeah. I'm, I'm in the shower twice a day every day and it's a nice little that's like the perfect amount of time like i'm trying to find a way to mount it and then also do it to where like the steam doesn't ruin, doesn't ruin it. Yeah. So I want, I want to yeah. figure out how to do that to where it's like, it just, boom, I hit the switch while I'm showering, I'm getting hit with my red light. And then when I'm out, then it's, then it's done. Yeah. Cause that's the only thing right now I have to like take the effort to outside of what I already do, which like anything else, when it's not part of your normal routine, it's, it's takes discipline to stay mm -hmm. consistent with it. And I notice a different, I notice a difference on my skin when I'm consistent on it, when I'm consistent yeah. on it, it makes a big difference. But I also notice that if I, if I'm not consistent with it, it's like exercise, you got to ritualize yeah. it. Yeah, it's somehow. like exercise. You stop yeah. doing it, then you stop getting the effect. Yeah. And then uh, along those lines, um, more health study. So low melatonin production at night has been connected in uh, animals, and they do think this happens to humans as well, to leptin resistance, which then, of course, leads to um, insulin resistance. Mm. So they think that, that this could be contributing to the rise in the, the, the more recent rise in things like diabetes is that people are just <coughs> not getting sleep like they should. They're up on their electronics all night long, not producing mm. enough melatonin. And because of that, they're, they're getting you know, leptin resistance and insulin resistance as a result. So I think, um, and we made this speculation before, I think blue light blocking glasses are going to be at some point, um, like just ubiquitous. Like everyone's going to have to use them. Yeah. Just because the amount of like You know what's interesting about that is that yeah, I, re I remember when they first came out in the dumb commercials when we were kids and then our parents had them. So that's, yeah. it's not like this is like super new technology. It's not like it's no. super new science. But they we, promoted more for driving, I think. It was. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it was. It was the bright lights that were getting, you were hitting at nighttime. They, they would tell you to wear it. They were actually telling you, promoting you to wear it at night. Yeah, yeah uh, you're driving with this late at night. Yeah, yeah these, <laughs> this, this, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably why it didn't last very well. Long. The new technology with blue light blocking glasses is like what Felix Gray has, which is it's clear clear lenses. Because the technology before was you put them on and everything's yellow or orange, and then you look like you know Dave Asprey. Where you're walking well, I, you know, obviously we knew the value of it back then, or else it wouldn't even have hit the mark in the because it, it blew up. They, I'm sure yeah. blue blockers made a, a ton of money back then. They so did. The, so we knew the value and the science back then. The difference is 
you know, TVs, computer screens, and phones today. Yeah. We're on them way more now. Way yeah. more and way closer. You cannot mm-hmm. tell yes. me that staring at that these these phones and these iPads this close. Have you to ever your- seen the meme? You ever seen the meme where you're like, uh, you know, kids in the '90s and our moms were yelling at us for being too close to the TV, and then it's like today, and then they got the VR glasses. <laughs> 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 Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys- I remember that, dude. That that was like the big pitch was like you can't be too close to the TV. I remember, oh, yeah, as a kid, I got yelled at all the time. Brain. Yeah. My mom would always tell me scoot back yeah. get close to the tv yeah, go yeah. back yeah now man. we're like yeah. Yeah, we're all in dude. yeah we're, we're like we i want jump. a contact lens that shines the internet in my eyeball yeah i didn't want any space Sneak, i mean do you guys think whatever. that we're so i actually was listening to by the way okay so i i promised that i would bring uh a person to shout out every every qual going forward and so a recent uh podcast that i've been listening to uh is ryan pineda has a podcast called the wealthy way on YouTube. Um, I watched a couple interviews already that I really liked uh, the conversation. So if you're into, uh, he's a real estate house flipper guy. Um, I you don't know him. Clip. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. I sent, that's I sent really you, good. I sent, yeah, I sent you guys over some stuff of, of him talking to uh, Grant Cardone. They actually got it. What made me think of that and why that came up was that they were talking about metaverse and NFTs and crypto. You guys saw what happened with the FTX, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, I mean, that's like Dude. the amount of money that is being, that got lost there's in a that. Mo- there's a little money laundering uh, yeah, I was gonna controversy say around them. More kind of emerging uh, yeah. from that story, right? Yeah, well, so this the, the founder, what's his name, Sam, whatever, he, he was basically you know, uh, almost like a Ponzi scheme. Yep. He was, he had, he owned both companies and he was, did you know? So here's the, they're going to get like a, these crypto companies are going to get so regulated because so if you're a bank, which by the way, okay, I agree. But the irony of that is that was what everybody touted. What was going to be so amazing about this technology it's was decentralized. It's decentralized. Yes. yes. Meanwhile, if you believe it's going to stick around now, almost everybody believes it needs to be regulated by the sec. So it's like, Okay, yeah, all you need is one of these assholes to ruin it. Which brings me back to my original argument of why I'm going to hang back and wait until I see that which one the government gets behind. Yeah. Because whichever one they get behind is the one that's going to be the most profitable, that's going to do well, well so it's going to be around forever. If you're a bank, you're, you're not allowed to, or credit union, right? You're not allowed to use your depositors' uh, funds to fund your business. You're not allowed to touch that, okay? That's a big no-no. That's <laughs> like you go straight to jail, right? Right. What these crypto companies do, um, if they if they're not labeled as a bank or whatever, is and that's what they did is they funded their comp- their business with their depositors' money. Yeah, that's how it was like a Ponzi scheme. Wow, and that's that's, that's real no no. Yeah, that's real bad. Well, and it just I think it just highlights that was one of the big ones, FTX, right? That was a massive one. You had people like Steph Curry, you had people like Tom Brady that had hundreds of millions of dollars in it, and and it went under like that. But so many of these coins are just grifts, dude. There's you got all these people that are just creating these tokens and you know attaching them to random. It's like, dude, this whole thing is coming up undone right we're now. We're gonna make a coin, yeah. <laughs> pump coins, pump dude. coins. So I, I just think that we're we're much further away from all of it being integrated the way everybody thought it was going to be. I think that. The metaverse thing is a ways away. I think NFTs are a ways away. Yes, I I believe in the technology. Yes, I think we're going to use in the future. But again, speculating on what company is the company today is like speculating on what company was going to come out of the dot-com I think these are, I mean, I think a lot of it is just talking points for these companies. You know, it's like, we're doing all these things and this is what's happening. Like they're they're speaking like it's going to be a couple of years when in fact, I think it's going to be a lot further uh, I don't think that they're they're they've quite figured all this stuff out. No, yet. well, there's certain things that it makes a, a ton of sense for, like 
I see a lot of value with NFTs with things like houses and watches and cars, like to be able to attach like the ownership. A digital certificate. Yeah. Imagine having a digital certificate to things like a, like a, it'd be so hard to steal a car. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Like things in a watch, like to make sure that, I mean, there's a huge uh, aftermarket of, in, mm -hmm. in, in the watch game and stuff like that. And to know, to make sure it's authentic, like, mm -hmm. man, they make fake watches really, really good now. Fake shoes really, really good now. It's hard to, but if you had it authenticated by an NFT, yeah. I could see tremendous and disrupting Ticketmaster and all that. So <laughs> like uh, artists can basically like run their own kind yep. of where, uh, where it business. got crazy to me was when it is like the board ape uh, you know the uh that thing where it turned into this thing where it's like oh it's gonna be this community in metaverse and you know the, all these famous people are going to hang together and if you pay hundreds of thousand dollars you'll have access to them too and it's like that to me that was stupid like this idea that you know everybody is gonna like what happens when those people don't it's not cool anymore it's what happens when it's like spinners you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. And you spent all your money on hella spinners. You know what I'm saying? That would be a good idea. Next thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Glowing Glow in the dark spinners. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> hey, check this out. There's a company called Live On that makes uh, great supplements that utilize liposomal technology so that these nutrients get to the target tissues. And right now, you can get lipoglutathione for free when you bundle it with B complex and vitamin C. Go check this company out. Uh, go to liveonlabs.com. That's L I V O N. LABS.com forward slash MP. All right, here comes the show. First question is from Michael Trendler. How do you target your chest during dips? I only feel my triceps. Oh, yeah. You know, what's interesting about dips is it could become like a, like literally just changing your form <clears throat> can make it like a awesome chest exercise or make it an awesome tricep yeah, exercise. Totally. Changes the emphasis. 100%. Flare, flare the elbows, chest forward. That's it. Lean yeah. forward. Bring the elbows out. And so, you know, when you're doing an exercise and you want to hit a target muscle, consider the action of the muscle, right? So the, the action of the chest is to bring the humerus from out here, so that's the upper arm, towards the midline of your body. So it's pulling this part of your arm in, not extending the elbow. Extending the elbow is a tricep. So you want to focus on that, almost like you're trying to squeeze your hands together as you're coming up on like the Like a dip. decline bench press. Yeah. I mm -hmm. mean, that's what, what I'm thinking about when I, when I do a dip for my chest. I'm thinking about the same feel of when the bar is being lowered down on a decline on a decline press. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I'm, and you're doing that by leaning the chest forward, flaring the elbows out and and then going really deep too. So getting a nice good stretch on there and you should feel stretch. And then the opposite is true when you want triceps, you want triceps, you stay more upright and you tuck the elbows in and you stay tight. That's it. So um, it's elbow extension versus uh, what is that? Humeral horizontal um, adduction. But that being said, it, it, it's also important to note, though, too, that it's very much so a tricep exercise, too. So sure. it's like, you know, it's not like you isolate the no. chest and then there's no triceps. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. it's me. You emphasize yeah. one or the other. That's right. What that's, it is. that's right. So it's not like. You, you know, know what I really like about dips is it's one of the few chest. Uh, it's also worse to shoulders quite a bit. It's one of the few chest shoulder exercises with where you could really go. I mean, it, it, now under control, right? You have to have good control, good stability. So make sure you train within your parameters of control, which is different from person to person. But you can work up to a really crazy range of motion. I, in fact, I can't yep. think of an exercise where you can really work a range of motion like a dip, where you're putting the chest and the, the, the shoulders in this really crazy yeah. deep stretch. Super um, end range. Which we just potential. talked about at the beginning of the episode, yeah. uh, you know, Muscles in a stretch position, especially under load, they tend to stimulate more muscle growth. And they, they show this with other, when they compare exercises, for example, exercises that put a muscle under stretch tend to build more muscle. 
the ones that don't. I'm not saying that's all you should do because there's value in all of them, but dips are an underrated chest exercise, if you ask me. I really Such think a good compliment to to bench press too, just because you are getting so low there, like uh, you know, in that sticking point in the chest where I'm at the bottom position and I have to really dig my way out. Uh, you know, dips, if you go super low with that, it'll really help to strengthen that part of the lift. hundred percent. And to me, that's like uh, deficit deads versus conventional deadlifts. Mm. Like you working deficit deads helps you with that in range like that and digging out from the bottom where that's kind of the same, same thing when you do dips. You can do dips really deep like that. Mm -hmm. It helps you dig out the bottom of the of the, the chest. Uh, yeah, the other thing is that a lot of people don't realize you can load dips. Uh, if yeah. you get a weight belt. Safely, too. Yeah, if you get a weight belt where you get a bench, so you can stand on a bench so you're in the kind of top position, and then you can bend your knees or you know clear the bench so you can go all the way down, you can load around a chain that goes around your waist. What do they call it? I think it's called the weight belt. Mm -hmm. You can load the hell out of it. So like a bench press, it could be a really heavy pushing exercise. I mean, I've worked up to close to 150 pounds around my well, waist. Well, what's yeah. cool about that to that point is I feel I feel safer loading a, a dip dip like that where I maybe I might only be able to get two or three reps out yeah. than I would a barbell by myself. Oh yeah. If I'm doing a barbell bench press by myself, like I'm going to put a weight on there that I feel pretty confident I can get five reps. Otherwise, in. you're pinned. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I'm pinned, and I have. But with that, you can you can bail a lot easier. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, that's why I actually really like it for going heavy because I feel safer when I'm by myself. Next question is from Ryan L. Noki. Is it better to cut with or without refeeds and cheat days? All right. Yes and no. So here's the yes. The yes is it's better to cut. Um, or in other words, it's better to have a calorie deficit, but include days where your your calories are higher, um, maybe even a slight surplus, because this look it looks like okay. So there's not a ton of evidence for this, but there's a lot of anecdotal evidence. It seems like this prevents the what's called metabolic adaptation that happens when you're in a cut. In other words, when you cut your calories, your metabolism starts to slow down to make up the difference, and in the studies that I've seen, when you interrupt that cut with days that are higher calorie, less of that happens. You tend to keep more muscle and you tend to burn more body fat as a, a result. Now, here's the no part, mm. calling it a cheat day. Right. That's where I'm against because now what you're doing is you're emphasizing or strengthening this relationship where cutting is restricting and you know binging or cheat days is like, oh, this is great. And you do this on off type of deal where you're always either on point or you're totally off. I mean, in a perfect world, so like when I was competing, obviously this is a lot of what I, I would be doing, right? Getting, as I'm cutting for a show, um, the refeed day is uh, all the meals ended up getting a half cup more rice in them or a half cup rice. Plus I enjoyed an avocado in, you know, two or three of the meals. Yeah. Now a cheat day doesn't usually work that way. No. A cheat day is like, I eat whatever I what want. It, what it ends up doing. And, I, and, and I did go, I did mess around with it. So I'm not saying that I didn't play around with eating out, but what I found was when I did that, it was hard to stay away from that. Like once you introduce anybody who's ever gone on a strict diet, you notice after a couple of weeks of eating really clean whole foods, you start to lose those cravings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I no longer want the, those the, the greasy burger, those things like that. I'm like, oh man, I, my system feels so good. I'm actually craving a healthy and like right. that's a really good place to be. You know, a good way to fuck that up. Have a cheat day. Yeah. yeah. Go go have a bunch of greasy fast food and then see if you're not craving it the next day or two. And then now all you're doing is thinking about my cheat day on Saturday. I can't wait to get to Saturday because I've all week I've been thinking like that is a you're you are you're setting yourself up for failure. You're promoting a, a bad relationship with food. 
the idea of just need a little more of what so you normally. That's right. This, yeah. the, the science that we we know about the re, the refeed and the the higher calorie days, I I one hundred percent agree with, and I think that the 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 move is for you to just increase the meal sizes that you're having already would be a much smarter approach to getting the benefits scientifically of increasing calories for a day and then going back down, then allowing a day where you're going to let this food creep in. That's going to kick up all these cravings mm -hmm. that now I'm going to be thinking about it all week long. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. That's 100% how I, I used to advocate for it because first off, when you bump your calories, ghrelin tends to go up anyway, which makes your appetite go up. But when you introduce new and novel foods that also have effects on dopamine and serotonin and other reward systems of the brain, what you're what you're what you're going to do is make it exactly what Adam said. You're going to make it much harder to stick to later on. Plus, it it you know using the word cheat uh, makes it seem like the way you were eating before you can't eat any other way anyway. And cheating is like you're breaking the rules. Mm -hmm. It's all part of your diet. Like it's all part of it. Whether you eat a burger or pizza, you know, I'm glad you said that too, Sal. Because then there's these other things where it's like in a in a in a in a nice setup. My refeed day, I would plan on like the night that I went out to dinner with Katrina on Friday night. Right. And then what I end up doing is I I hit my macro targets, and then I know that on dinner I'm gonna go over a little bit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy the the bread on the side or the mashed potatoes and gravy and stuff like that with my juicy steak, and I'm not gonna freak out about exactly what it is because I don't know because I didn't weigh it and measure it myself. And guess what? Today was the day I was supposed to have a little bit higher calorie day. So to me, like that is like the perfect way to try and and have a refeed day is to plan it around a. A, a day or a night that's important. I'm going to the game. Yes. We're going to the Warriors game. And that's game. like, it's real life. Yeah. You know I, what it reminds me of? It's, it would be like this. It would be like, instead of having recovery days, so like I work out and then I have days where I recover, we're going to call recovery days lazy days. Let's just do that. <laughs> so, hey, how many lazy days have you scheduled? Yeah. Like, think of the difference that uh, of, of a relationship that that would create yeah. with exercise. If you didn't have recovery days, you had lazy days. That's already a mindset going into it. 100%. So, a cheat day is like a lazy day. It's not a cheat day. It's just, I'm going to eat more today to fuel my body, to prevent metabolic adaptation, and it feels good. I'm going to have better workouts, and it's just different. Now, if you want to make it burgers and pizza on that day, that's fine too, but how you label things, what you call things, how you consider things makes a big difference. Well, I know that because Adam already brought up the fact that like cheat days, a lot of times people will bring in all this like garbage and stuff, and then you bring the cravings, you ramp all that back up. It's already challenged enough to like increase your calories and then go right back to a deficit uh, to interrupt that. Because like a lot of people mentally, it's like, if I'm going to try and stick with this, like I just want to hit a rhythm and I want to keep going yeah. with that same amount. And, and you know, to interrupt that, we've, we know that it's more beneficial. I know it's already more challenging for my clients to even just do that part. And now you're going to add in like foods that uh, will promote more cravings on top of that. So it's like, that's where I definitely caution. My traditional refeed day when I, when I was doing this landed on Fridays and it almost always was sushi night dinner with Katrina. It was, and the way I looked at it was I always scheduled my low calorie days during the week so I'm 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 dialed. I'm eating out of my Tupperware every single day, and then on Fridays I would be due for the increase in calories. I'd still eat my Tupperware normal meals, but then Friday night I go with my wife. We go have a nice sushi. It's about connecting with your wife. Yeah, I'm not I'm not like overly counting or worrying. I know I'm probably going to eat in a you know surplus what? of, and I'm having enjoying some rolls. Yeah, like, and you know what people end up doing with with quote unquote cheat days uh, that I've noticed this this really it's not a great behavior. It's they're eating alone. 
It's like today's my cheat day. Ooh, I can't wait to go eat all this garbage. And they'll bring it home and they'll eat by themselves. Yeah. And and gorge. It's like porn. Yeah. yeah 100%. Exactly. Or they'll find another person who's dieting. And we're all going to go together and <laughs> go and cheat together. Yeah. The mentality is totally wrong. But refeeds and, and, you know, I don't think it's, it's, it's much more beneficial to not be on a consistent cut, but rather interrupt it with days of higher calories. Next question is from Court Jim Fit. What are the best foods for bulking? What do you suggest for upping calories? All right. Well, that's the, funny. We just, we did, it kind of goes in line with what I was just saying with refeed days. Totally. So the best foods for bulking, the first criteria that I always consider is digestibility mm -hmm. because the biggest challenge with eating more food is things like bloat, indigestion, heartburn, constipation, like just digestive issues. And that'll prevent you from eating the calories. Do you know, that you know you how eat. important what you're saying is? Mm -hmm. Like, this is literally what, what, limited me from being able to build, you know, 10, 15, 20 pounds of muscles through mus more muscle on my body over the course of my teenage and early 20 years. Same. Because Same. I thought, because I was eating McDonald's super size and extra, like, yep. oh man, I, I got to be so high in calorie. But what I, what I wasn't accounting for was after I ate that, I was so backed up for the next four or five you don't hours. Cram anything else in? Yeah, I didn't eat. I didn't eat anything. Not to mention the macro profile was way off. I had a little bit of protein, mostly carbs and saturated fat, mm -hmm. so I got a bunch of calories. But then I didn't hit my protein intake. Then I wasn't hungry for four or five hours. Like understanding actually, when I made that switch to eating like like leaner, leaner, so lower in saturated fats, higher protein, good, good digestible carbs, like, uh, you know, potatoes, rice, sweet potato, yams. Yep. I was able to hit my macros and get my calories up, which is, was so weird for me as a young kid that was trying to build because I, I assumed because I could never, I, I had a hard time putting weight on that. I justified the behaviors around eating whatever food. And a lot of times there were food that was not ideal digestibility wise. Same from, thing. And it kept me from building. Yeah, build. It went from uh, any calories at all costs to calories that I can digest and that I'll be able to eat again later on way better. The first successful bulk I ever did where I really put on muscle. I want to say I was 16 or 17 years old. And that's when I pieced this together where instead of eating a bunch of bread and pasta, which I don't digest gluten super well, um, and a bunch of cereal and candy and sodas, I went rice, ground beef and vegetables. I remember buying, this is the first time I went and bought some groceries myself and I went and bought a bunch and my mom helped me cook it up because that's what Italian moms do. They cook your food for you. And I, and I ate, ground beef and rice and vegetables. And I gained over that summer, I think I gained like 10, 12 pounds of muscle, which was a lot, you know, mm -hmm. for a kid. And it was all because I could digest it. Like I'd eat this big meal two hours later, three hours later, I could eat again. Whereas before I eat this huge meal and I was just, oh, the next one was just a chore. And I couldn't eat those calories. I, so. I can't stress how important that is. And because I think when you're trying to gain and you, you can't, you have a hard time putting weight on and building muscle, you, you easily justify the other foods and you don't realize what you're doing. And mm -hmm. so- oatmeal became my staple with some, you know, whey protein in there. Then I would end up getting rice and chicken thighs yep. and vegetables were, you know, and then a juicy steak at the end of the night with more potatoes or rice, like all these foods that were very, because what I noticed was I'd be hungry. I could eat again in two or three 100%. hours where if I ate the Togo sandwich with chips and a soda, I didn't want to eat for four or five hours. Mm -hmm. If I had the McDonald's, I had the fast food that was high calorie. Totally. I wasn't getting enough high, good 
quality protein, and I wasn't I wasn't hungry until four or or hours I, later. Yeah, what I would do like the terrible like dirty bulk uh, where I would like eat a meal and then I, I thought I had to have this like crazy ridiculous shake uh, in conjunction with that. So yeah. it would be like this meal and then that on top of the meal yeah. and it was just like overwhelming to where I had like gastrointestinal problems I was fighting, you yeah. know, like all day long and then trying to eat on top of that's almost impossible. Bro, do you remember? I don't know if you guys, if you guys what, I mean, as a teenager, just before I figured this out, I would eat these ridiculous meals because I was just like calories and then I'd sit in class and just my stomach yeah. Like, oh, I don't feel yeah. good. Well, yeah. this is what demons on. talking. Yeah, and then yeah. I justify it's like, well, bulking, you know, it's only for hardcore people, so I'm just gonna force myself yeah. to solve it. It's all about force, like keep forcing it in. Now, digestibility is real important. So best foods for most people, the easily the most easily digestible foods include uh red meat, white meat, fish, um, and then vegetables, well cooked vegetables are easier to digest than raw vegetables, and then carbohydrates, white rice, buckwheat. Oatmeal uh, can be uh, potatoes, sweet potatoes, potatoes, sweet potatoes. I I think sweet potatoes are even better than potatoes for digestion. I could eat way more sweet potatoes than, than regular. Potatoes. Yeah, I could I could do both pretty well. But I mean, that, I really that think right that's there. a key. That one of my favorite dishes, and you said it already, was ground beef mixed with white rice. Man, I could eat like a. I make a, and you can make it in bulk. It's reasonably inexpensive if you buy it in bulk too. So if you buy the ground beef, cook in the bulk, rice would, in bone broth. You got yourself a high calorie you'd, rice bowl. Tastes good. Goes down really easy. Yep. I can eat it again two hours later. Yep. Like that was such a that was a staple. That and chicken thighs and and and, the, and either the rice or sweet potatoes. Like those are like the staple meals for me. Which sounds funny because you're eating healthy and they clean. sound like yeah exactly. They sound like cutting foods. They do, yeah. and, and it and it is actually you just less of it, right? So that's really the the strategy is eating more of the healthier foods and. And I think the mistake that most people make that struggle with is putting weight on is their 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 food choice. Next question is from usually Lauren. For someone who can't digest whey protein powder, what's the best alternative protein powder? Okay, so good question because whey protein is the gold standard. It's got high branch chain amino acid and essential amino acid content, high leucine. So it's this really it's really this kind of anabolic muscle building hormone. It's got health benefits. So whey protein is great. Unfortunately, it's dairy-based, and a lot of people have issues with dairy. Even when they remove the lactose, uh, people have issues. Like, I'm one of those, right? So I, it's not the lactose. It's just dairy proteins in general, so I can't have whey. So, okay, what are the what are the other solutions for protein powders? Okay, so you mm. could try egg protein powders. Uh, that's mm. very high quality. Now, here's the issue with egg protein powders. They also tend to cause... Yeah. Digestive issues in people and adjusted. There's some fumes uh, involved. Yes, egg protein. Yeah, so that can be issues. So you could go when you're looking at the plant-based one. Pea protein seems to have the best amino acid profile. But when you're going with plant proteins, you tend to want to have a blend. You want a blend of different types of uh, vegan sources because you'll get a better amino acid profile. And then you want digestive enzymes in that protein powder. Um, but pea protein is one of the better ones. Collagen protein or bone broth protein yeah. considered a lower quality protein because it's low in essential amino acids. However, it's one of the easiest digesting proteins you'll find anywhere. In fact, it's the it's one of the only protein powders that would be recommended to people with uh, gut issues. In fact, mm. when you have gut issues, one of the things they do is they tell you have more bone broth or have collagen protein because it helps repair the gut. Well, you might be asking, well, it's not as good of a protein as whey. Well, here's how you make up the difference. You have more of it. Yeah. So I could have a ton of collagen protein, um, and that makes up for the fact that it's not as high in essential amino acids as How do as you whey. feel about beef isolate? Be some people are great with beef isolate. Yeah. 
Some I've heard it's great. I just yeah, haven't tried it. Some people are really, really good with beef isolate. Um, and if you find some, here's a problem that I found with beef isolate proteins is that read the label. It'll say like beef protein, read the label. They'll often add dairy to the beef isolate mm. protein. Oh, really? Yes. And so Sneaky. like, yeah, I've seen, if I've found like three where I look and I'm like, oh, this looks good. And then I'll try it and be like, why is this messing me up? Then I'll read the label like an idiot after I took it. And I'll be like, oh, that's nice. They added dairy to this. Why the uh, hell did I buy well, this? Well, I see everybody's place? posting your your Paleo Valley bone broth now. So mm -hmm. after you talked about it, everybody's has been sharing it. And I do see everybody saying how amazing it is. Well, tastes. you know, we, bone broth and collagen are interesting. It's Yes, it's true. It's not an, as anabolic as whey. But again, it's so easy to digest. You could just have it. Like I could have 100 gram, and I do this all the time. I'll have 100 grams of bone broth protein in, in a shake and feel fine. I can't do that with any other protein powder. That'll that'll totally mess me up. So 100 grams of bone broth protein, is that going to be as, as, as effective as, let's say, 40 grams of weight? Yeah, it's, it's it's way more protein, so it makes up... Well, well we know like, this with studies. It's studies like going back to the conversation we just have about the fast food. Yeah. I mean, when, you, when you're trying to build, you, calories is part of the game, right? Like, you got to get more calories. So you think that having this 1,500 calorie or 1,700 calorie meal... Would be, be ideal, but not if it fucks up. You know, you yeah. can't digest it, right? So if you can't digest it, and you and you don't want to eat for four or five hours later yeah. again, well, then it kind of defeats the purpose. The same thing goes with the whey protein. It could be the best protein in the world, but if it upsets your stomach, well, then you're better off getting something that's even a little bit lower quality, but you can do more of. Now, now the other thing about collagen protein, it actually uh, suppresses your appetite for long. Whey, whey is. Uh, a really good bulking protein because it tends to have a very negative, it doesn't have a huge effect on appetite. So if you're trying to pound calories and you can tolerate weight, it's great. Collagen is great for dieting because it actually suppresses appetite more than almost any other protein that they've studied. So, and hmm. I think it's because of the way that it, it sits in the stomach or the, in the system. Um, but you'll take it and you'll feel full longer. So if you're trying to cut, that's another option. But you know, again, vegan sources, pea is the best, blends are even better. Egg protein, phenomenal, but digestive issues a lot of times with that. Beef protein isolates good, and then uh, collagen or bone broth. That's that's where I tend to go. Look, if you like Mind Pump, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out our guides. We have guides that are free that can help you with almost any health or fitness goal. Again, they cost nothing. You can also find all of us on social media. So Justin is on Instagram at Mind Pump Justin. Adam is on Instagram at Mind Pump Adam. And you can find me on Twitter at Mind Pump Sal. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>